Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the CEO and founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of surveyors, which builds commercial and mixed use property portfolios. If you want to find out any more about that, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. Today, Harriet, you're making your Honest Property Investment podcast debut. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and okay. For those of you who don't know Harriet, Harriet works with me at NC Real Estate and she is head of property management, right? <laughs> um, and so what we thought we'd do today, following on from last week's podcast where I had a little bit of a warning for you about how you celebrate buying commercial property and then the day after you're like oh my gosh what is going on I mean that is commercial property we're going to talk about setting up property management for commercial property as soon as you buy the property so I thought Harriet I'd bring you on today and get you to talk through what happens when you get a property management instruction is that all right yeah of course I'd love to (laughs) so we've had so many deals complete in the last couple of weeks that then come on board as property management Mm -hmm. so what happens in the lead up to completion you get the property management instruction and uh you know that it's going to complete on x date what are you doing yeah so obviously I would have to understand what the scope of work was first as it very much depends property by property as to what's going on. Is there going to be rent collection? Is there a service charge? Um, How big is the property? Who are the tenants? It's always good to have all of that information first. Um, And then we'd carry out the relevant anti-money laundering checks on the client as we would be handling money. If there is a managing agent that has that was working on the property before trying to get in contact with them getting as much information from them as possible we need floor plans we need contractor details obviously tenant contact details compliance documents as much as possible definitely something to ask your solicitors for um but also to contact the agents themselves uh, is there any historic property maintenance maintenance issues that we need to know about insurance claims things like that um and then I would send out a letter to all of the tenants to introduce myself and my team to say look hey we're here with the new managing agents these are our contact details um this is who you're going to pay the rent to etc etc just so that they've got a main point of contact mm-hmm. um it's at this point usually we get a lot of backstory of the tenant's experience previously, good or bad. (laughs) Um, And that's sort of a starting point, if you like, for what issues we need to overcome in the next few months. Um, I then make sure I read the leases, put them in summary so I can work out any lease events coming up, whose responsibility is whose, and create a tenancy schedule with all the contacts and everything. So we've got everything in one place and we know what's going on. 
And then I would make arrangements to go and visit the premises and meet the tenants face to face. When tenants are coming at you, telling you stuff about what happened before your management tenure, what do you think? <laughs> um, again, it can be mixed because, you know, not everyone has a bad experience. There are there are some good managing agents out there like us, obviously. Um <laughs> I think the most important thing that I've learned is just to listen, mm-hmm. just to be there and listen to any issues they've had and just try and understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And I would always just advise to say, okay, I'll have a look into it and come back to you. And then depending on what the issue is, read the lease, understand the responsibilities, and then you've got a more comprehensive response to go back to them, depending on what the issue is. Um, there's always going to be some sort of teething problems when you take on a property, as you said last week. So it is to be expected. And some of these teething problems may seem quite urgent to the tenants, but a majority of the time, they're long-standing issues. And now that there's a new property managing agent um, in place, they're thinking, oh, we can get this sorted now. And, you know, Usually we can do it straight away, but it depends on what it is, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is the, have you had any absolute shockers when you've taken over a management contract before? Where you've gone into the building and thought, oh, what's gone on? To be honest, the, the, the running theme is just lack of communication. Yeah. From either the landlord themselves or the managing agent. It's just lack of communication. That's all that's all that it boils down to. And I've not necessarily got uh an absolute shocker, but it is always maintenance issues or lack of maintenance issues. Like, you know, no one's sorting out the landscaping. There's been a leak. Um, my door's broken, or you know, we want to up, update the security and not had any response and all all of that. So it's really communication is key because from this stage you're dealing more with the people rather than the property yep yep i completely agree with that i just wanted to jump in here quickly and tell you about our partners and sponsors property data who we use when valuing residential properties within mixed use property portfolios. They give us the yields that we should use in order to capitalize on the rental income. They give us the rental income that we should expect to get from the residential property. And they also give us an estimated value of that residential property. So it is vital in using this within our commercial property and mixed use deal analysis. I have a special offer for you. If you click our link below and you use the code NC50, you get 50% off of your first month after the free trial ends. So what are you waiting for? Click the link below, give it a try, pop it into your deal analysis. It's really gonna help you when you're analyzing those mixed use properties. What helps you to make sure that you can get off on the right foot? The most helpful thing 
is getting all the information as I said before that is so crucial it's not always the way um and it's not impossible if you haven't got historic um information on the property or floor plans because you can just start from scratch um I would also say crucial is having good contractors that that you know and they've got a good reputation and they're efficient and are good at what they do Mm-hmm. definitely crucial to have decent contractors how do you decide if they're decent if they've got good organizational skills if they're quick to respond to any communication they send their invoice as per their quote there's no complaints from the tenants mm-hmm. uh, they've got the relevant insurance risk assessments for the job uh, that's really what I'd be looking for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of insurance, how do you go about getting, making sure that the building is insured from day one? So I go out to a insurance broker that we use and get a quote for the insurance all before completion. Mm-hmm. And then um, once a completion date is known, then it'll be put in place and usually recharged then to the tenants upon completion. Mm-hmm. And how do you know what to put in the insurance document? Um, this is from, well, I guess it depends on each property and what's the context yeah. of that property and what's in the leases on the tenants as well. Yeah. And then usually what we do is ask for whatever the insurance policy is already in place and see if we can just take that over. Yeah. Because that has the rebuild costs and things on it. Although recently we've had the broker come back to us and say that the rebuild costs are too low. Oh. So we then have to increase the rebuild costs, which then means that the tenants are getting higher insurance premiums, which isn't ideal. No, that's not ideal, Um, obviously. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on what property and if it's listed is it how old is it you know there's lots of different factors to consider but yes it's um definitely prudent to get two quotes I think at least for insurance to make sure that you're getting um adequate cover Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I completely agree about that just making sure that it's as as expected I mean how many times do we get tenants arguing back with us about invoices (laughs) (laughs) that's been my morning today (laughs) absolutely yeah any any time there needs to be money transacted it's always a bit can be a bit um awkward sometimes but you know it's as per the lease that's that's always what we do you know we we check that we can charge them what we're charging them from their lease yeah agreed agreed (laughs) (laughs) what's the best thing about setting up new property management um so I love a bit of organisation and I love to be proactive. So for me, I think it's sort of like solving a puzzle when you first have a, a property because you're trying to work out what's actually been going on previously, trying to slot in all the contractors, trying to, you know, build up a good relationship with the tenants, understand how much involvement your client wants from the property do they they want to know what's going on or do they want a more hands-off approach just trying to piece together I guess 
the property so that it will then um, run smoothly. That for me, as much as it can be stressful, is very rewarding once it's all sort of ticking over. Um, and obviously, you know, things pop up unexpectedly all the time <laughs> that you have to be very reactive to. But generally, I, I do enjoy making sure that everything is as it should be. Yeah, I agree with that. And so when you're going out on those first inspections, how do you plan what you're going to do? What's your key kind of checkpoints? Because obviously we could spend days in a property just trying to mm -hmm. figure everything out. But what are your key things that you're looking for on day one of inspections? Yeah, so um, they're, they're, as you said, there can be a lot. Mm -hmm. So I always familiarise myself with their leases prior to going so I can understand responsibilities. Um, if there needs to be a service charge in place, I'd be looking at what services need to be covered by looking at the common areas, taking as many pictures as possible. Um understanding if any of the tenants are in arrears trying to or like speak with them and work out a way of getting through that repayment plans um if we need measurements then I can measure the units while we're there those sort of things um but the first visit is always very intense as there's lots of information thrown at you so it yeah I think um you can't do it all in one. Especially it's very dependent. Sorry. When you're trying to absorb it all as well. Yes, absolutely. It's very dependent on again, it, it starts from what information have you got and what do you need? And then you're really there on your first visit, understanding what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um what about floor plans? We get a lot of pushback sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we get pushback from clients saying, why do we need floor plans? Why would you like floor plans as a property manager? Floor plans are great for working out service charge apportionments, insurance apportionments. Everyone will need a lease plan if their property is going to be relet, so they'll need floor plans. Um, and it also just helps with um, understanding the property more, the layout, obviously, before you visit. And if you need a contractor to do anything in the premises, you can send them a floor plan for further context. Mm -hmm. And they're so useful. Yeah. And being able to explain to other people who haven't yeah. necessarily been to the building where things are and what they look like. Absolutely. I find that's the easiest thing. If I can Google Maps things and have yeah. a floor plan, I understand far more than just, I don't know, going off of just the thought process. Oh, yeah, that sounds like this is what the property does. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you can't argue with it when it's black and white in front of you. No, no exactly. <laughs> what tips would you give to someone who wanted to do property management themselves? My tips would be that Rome wasn't built in a day. So mm -hmm. you don't have to do everything all in that first week of owning your property. Um, patience is key, clear communication with your tenants, understanding when the next rent payment is due, getting all your accounts set up. Um, 
yeah just take each day as it comes really because it can be very overwhelming mm-hmm. um, or it can be really simple it very much depends on your tenants and the size of your property but yeah it's um it's okay and it will get sorted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. should I tell you something that I was doing some research on recently yeah. um, I was looking at because you know how geeky I'm in this sort of thing <laughs> um I was I was thinking to myself okay why would people hire managing agents if it's just going to reduce their net yield right mm-hmm. but then the lower the net yield really the less risky a property is and then I was speaking to a solicitor about this and she said to me yeah Natasha that's right if we see that a property has been well managed with some competent managing agents that's not everybody's not competent but then that income becomes more secure for a landlord so paying that property management fee yes it brings down the net yield but that just means that the uh, income is more secure and I never thought of that before Mm. now I've not thought about it that way either but I guess it makes sense because you've got that assurity that your property is compliant your tenants are hopefully paying their rent or there's um, remedies in place if not and it's being well looked after well maintained um so yeah, that definitely reduces the risk. Yeah, especially if you've got people who know what they're doing and have been trained. I mean, we have to work to some rules and regulations over here being RACS regulated. We are held um, that we have, I mean, not everybody follows it, but we we mm-hmm. we will do as, as long as we get the information. We're always striving to do that. Yeah. Um, but it also means that we are constantly looking at what rent's coming in. What's the tenant doing? Why is the tenant doing that? And if you don't hear from a tenant for a very long period of time, yes. where is the tenant? <laughs> what are they up to? <laughs> yeah. How's business? <laughs> Although sometimes, sometimes it's fine. Yeah, most of the time it's fine. Yeah. In fact, unless they stop paying. Yeah, of course, then it's not fine. where did those tenants go which is also why it's quite good to check in with them on every couple of months or just stop by or get your cleaning team to stop by I mean what what is that what you would do if we if you couldn't get there yourself who do you ask to go and keep an eye yeah I I mean cleaning team is the obvious answer because they're there hopefully weekly doing what they need to do if not daily um it it does help in some instances to have someone feedback to the landlord so if you're if you've got a property with um a few tenants asking some of someone to sort of be your eyes and ears if you like reporting back um yeah a contractor go out and see what's going on um or if you know someone in the area, just see what's what's happening. Is it is it still that tenant that's trading, or have they sublet someone that we don't know about? Or you know, try and get out there. If not, depending on where it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Final tip of advice for anybody 
who is out there and they're stressing about their properties at the moment, what would you say to them? I would say to write everything down, Mm -hmm. create an action plan, prioritise what really matters and try and get it out of your head and work through it step by step. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Harriet, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for asking me. And if anybody wants to reach out to Harriet about property management, it's harriet at ncrealestate.co.uk. I'm sure you'd be only too pleased to help. Absolutely. Please contact me. I'd be happy to hear from you. Amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us today. We will catch up again with you soon. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.